Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Welcome to the CHGO Cubs podcast, proudly presented by PointsBet. Make sure you put in that code CHGO to live your bet life. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. The gang's all here, minus Corey, who was here on our first show, but we're going to play two. Podcast number two, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo. And by the way, you've got the Illini swag, you got the Cubs swag, you got it all going on. Every time I have looked at you since we have started this podcast, I want to say Delmonico instead of Del Mendo. You're, you're not the only one. Uh, there's, I've heard many versions of my name, uh, but, you know. Yeah. Well, the good news is the versions of that name are better than the versions of my name, most likely, which are slightly uh, less foul, probably. Uh, right? Am I right about that? Good weekend? Uh, okay weekend. No, I, okay. uh, you know, we, we, we left, you know, launch day was awesome on Friday. You know, we had a ton of fun. Everyone, everyone on every show yeah. did amazing. Uh, but then you go home and, and then it's just, you, you look up baseball, you look up what's going on in the lockout and it, it's just all the same. It's, it's not, no movement. They didn't even have a meeting on Saturday, Sunday. I don't know if it brought any progress at all towards, you know, negotiating a new CBA. So it was just kind of a, a kind of a bummer after such a, such an awesome day on Friday. But, you know, we're here on Monday. We're, we're, we're ready for a good show, and let's get something going. Today was a little bit of a kick in the crotch when you got up this morning. You know, you get that near 70 on Saturday. Mm. It's really nice. It was beautiful on Saturday. And you wake up to snow today, and you're like, come yeah. on. You knew it was coming, too, because oh, yeah, yesterday we, wasn't yeah. that great either. No. Yeah, but and, still, it's a kick in the crotch. And oh, it's, for sure. It's, it's that snow that, like, you can't do anything with either. Like, you know it's going to melt as soon as it, like, hits the ground. So it's just that pain in the ass snow that it, there's no reason for it to happen, but it just does. I was watching this guy on Twitter, and he was going crazy over the Illini game. Mm. I know it's not the Illini podcast, but he's like a dual <laughs> fan here. And so you had a good weekend? I had a great weekend. Um, obviously, Friday, like Ryan said, was uh, surreal. And, uh, you know, I took it all in, and we had a great time. And then uh, Saturday, uh, won some money on some college basketball, which was good, and celebrated – this job with a few of my closest friends. Uh, I was Shout waiting out for to, that. To Joey for that sound. Um, and then yesterday, just kind of, you know, rested up for today. So, outside of the weather, yeah, I'm great. Uh, you mentioned celebrating. Uh, we, you, were, you did a little bit of celebrating yourself yesterday, didn't yeah. you, Luke? <laughs> yeah, I did. The 50 burger. It's a big one. Big 5 0. After the 50th birthday, I woke up today, it was snowing out. I couldn't find my readers. That's when I, and, and that was like finding gold when I found him like two minutes before the show came. I was like, oh, my God, my reading glasses. I found him. <laughs> and this morning I set up my 50-year uh, colonoscopy. So that was fun. There you go. You know, so we got that going for us. Yeah. A round of applause, we'll get your everyone. your colonoscopies, everyone. You got a round of applause. You got to take care of yourself, <laughs> yeah, Grandpa Stucky. You guys don't know what that's like. You're going to enjoy it someday. It's, <laughs> my, it's really a ride, let me tell you. <laughs> my really guy, a, Mike Dubs, in the comments. I love it. He said Grandpa Gra Stucky. Grandpa Stucky. He's always here. <laughs> I tell you what, I had a good time. Uh, my wife and I went downtown, and we used points. First of all, let me preface this. We used points to stay at the Ritz-Carlton for one night. Wow. Got like a corner suite, did it up big, had a great night down there. Um, I, who spends that kind of cash on a room? Like, I would never do it if I didn't have the points and just do it for free. And you probably used all your points up, too. On I used night. a lot of them, but I hadn't really spent – points on anything for multiple years we've gone nowhere so we had points to burn and I was like okay let's do it and then we we went and got a couple's massage before we left Ooh, let me tell you having not had a massage for two years I got out of bed this morning and I was barely mobile not because I'm 50 because this woman was digging into my shoulders for an hour so hard that I was almost whimpering. In fact, I may have whimpered a few times. <laughs> have you ever had a really good massage, like to the point where it hurts fairly badly? No, I, and I need one because I, I need someone digging deep into my shoulders because I woke up Saturday morning with like just like searing pain and like traps. And <laughs> yes. I don't know what it was. Maybe I slept wrong, yeah. but it was like in pain all morning. I'm like, I could, I could use like a deep tissue massage That's in my shoulders That's what this right was. Now. I always signed up for the deep tissue and – this is the first time I ever thought to myself halfway through it, I might have to tell this lady to, to ease back because <laughs> it's so painful yeah, that the go. pain and heat are shooting down your whole leg. Anyways, that was my 50th birthday. There you go. Sounds, Sounds like you got all of the self-care you needed, Luke. 
it was great. It was a good time. Um, they were good to us there. The view was great. The weather was great. Had a nice steak downtown. Ooh, I mean, right. what, what else you want, right? You can't right. ask for more at the, when you hit the big five. Yes, there is more you can ask for. <laughs> you could ask for baseball. Uh, yes. you could look. We're 91 games have been canceled now, right? And, frankly, more games might be canceled at some point this week because they talked on Sunday, and from what I gather, it doesn't sound like they really made any progress. Yeah. Nope. Am I wrong? No. Um, I don't think so. You know, I kind of wrote about it. Uh, you know, go check out allchgo.com. My article's up there uh, under the Cubs. But I, uh, I think Friday, they, like, quietly scrubbed all yeah. the spring training games through March 18th. I think March – no, through March 17th. I think March 18th is, like, the first day, something like that. When's St. Patrick's Day? 18th? 17th. 17th, 18th? So right around there. Maybe yeah. they did it so everyone can have a nice little day out. Right. They want people to recover from St. Patrick's Day and maybe <laughs> um, they'll bring it back. But at that point, it's like that's another 10 days or so of games that they've scrubbed from the schedule. They haven't done that yet from the regular season schedule. But, you know, you got to assume if they're pushing everything back 10 days at least from spring training, that's pushing everything back 10 days in the regular season. Unless they want to shorten the spring training again, which they've kind of, you know, MLB's kind of come out and said they don't want to do that, considering what 2020 was like. I don't know. I mean – we may have NFL free agency before we have baseball's second round of free agency. Because I think the NFL is only nine days away, eight days away. It's yeah, they pretty likely. Yeah, they tagging people today. Yeah. Or within the last couple of days at least. Yeah, uh, David Njoku, I think, yeah. on the yeah. Browns got first tag today. So, there you go. Really? Yeah. Yep, first franchise yeah. tag. They're already, they're already miles ahead of, of baseball right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, what kind of progress? I read somewhere they were talking about the – the little things that might be going on. Actually, some of them, I think, are a pretty big deal. I don't know that they need tons of negotiation. I don't know why anybody would want the shift in baseball. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that going away mm-hmm. yeah. quickly. Yeah. Do it somehow. Maybe you leave something in, but I don't know. You're ruining the game. I don't want to see everybody on the right side of the infield and the outfield bunched up. I don't want, to, I don't want a midfielder, mid-center fielder, like we're playing softball in high school. Right. Come on, like... Get back to playing baseball. Yeah. I realized, don't get me wrong, those analytics helped the Cubs win the World Series, mm-hmm. but that's over, and I'm ready to go back to regular baseball. I, I want guys that pull the ball to be able to pull the ball. Yeah. So right. I don't get what the conversation's the, about there. One thing I've never been able to really understand is, like, the, the take that, well, just hit the ball the other way, and it's like – that's so hard to do. Like, yeah. only a handful of players in the league can actually consistently do that. They're all really good. Sure. But some players, or not even just some, but a lot of players are who they are. And I think I mentioned this to you the other day, Luke. Like, Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber probably would be 300 hitters if they played 15 years ago because they just pulled that ball through the hole all the time mm-hmm. like people did 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. You want to take a 98-mile-an-hour pitch, which everybody's throwing 98, and you want somebody to adjust their bat swing to hit yeah. it specifically yeah. where they want, A, not very likely. And if you haven't noticed, strikeouts are way up around baseball. They're just trying to make contact at this right. point. They're not exactly. worried about where they're hitting it. They're just trying to get the bat to the ball. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. You know, I, that, when that argument of, oh, just hit it the other way, like you said, Cody, it's like the batters <laughs> these days are facing – pitchers with more velocity than ever yeah. with more movement on, on whatever breaking pitches than ever and more just a bigger repertoire of pitches in general than ever so it's like this is the hardest it's ever been to hit a baseball in the, the history of the game and to say that oh just do this just do that, that's so much easier said than done when it really comes down to it yeah and and you, they talk about the pace of the game slows it down you've got to shift everybody over to get ready and not only are they facing that when you're talking about hitters facing the hardest thing they're also facing just a slew of specialists. You know, the relief game has changed completely. You know, oh, yeah. the starter's in there for a little bit. Now you get reliever specialty, reliever specialty, reliever specialty. I personally want that shift completely gone. So that one I don't, I don't understand what they're possibly discussing. And base size? <laughs> Somebody explain this to me. What are we talking about? In the Bigger comments, bases? let us know. What? <laughs> What the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. My take is that they're like, maybe it's safety. It's like when, when on first base, when you got a, a bang-bang play at first and, you know, guys are getting their ankles stepped on or something. And wow. you don't want that to happen, but it's also not like, it's so rare that that actually does happen. That is that really worth 
going through these, like making that a talking point of this of the negotiations right now? No, and how big are you going to make the base? Right, you're going to have <laughs> one of those uh, jumpy gyms that you get at, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, and put that over at first base, and another one out <laughs> at second, another one at third, and then they can just slip and slide their way into second base into the jumpy house, and then everybody will be safe, and we can have the game end in about six hours long. Yeah. I got a question. So yes. you guys are making the whole point. You know, I think it's obvious that the fans want to see a little more offense. I think the last couple of years, the first years in MLB history, that strikeouts are actually outweighing balls in play, which I think we all agree is bad for the game. Luke, you bring up the point about, you know, specialized relief pitching. What do you think about potentially, you know, limiting the amount of pitchers you can carry on your roster as a way to say, you know, you're not just going to be able to bring in this guy that's yeah. pumping 100 for, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to address with the uh, – Pitch limits, you know, and you got to face three batters. But I've, I've saw that thrown thrown around as a potential way to uh, bring some offense back in the game. And just curious what you guys think about that. So Joey wants to know about the, you know, do you, would you like to limit pitchers to speed up the game a little bit? They've got to do something. I mean, I think of, again, I don't know why this is a huge negotiation in this. It feels like everybody should look at it and go, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, the other stuff, the financial stuff, I get why they're, arguing over at both sides right stuff like the pace of the game doesn't everybody look at it and say oh i'd rather spend a little bit less than three hours at a ball game as opposed to four and a half five hours at a ball game like of course it's too slow like i get it it's a leisurely game just like golf is a leisurely game but they do need to speak the pace is something that hasn't changed for a decade now they realize they've got a problem they should know yeah and that's yeah. An, uh, i think that's also what they're trying to address one of the there was the what came out i think john Heyman tweeted it was that it was it was the um the banning of the shift like you know that's part of the negotiation it was the larger base and then it was the uh the pitch clock and i'm curious what you guys think about the pitch clock i am in favor of it as far as like getting guys on the mound getting guys looking at the totally catcher, getting it. a sign totally and, and, but for like, it but what's like what, what, what does the pitch clock look like? What is, how much time is on the pitch clock? What are we doing? 30 seconds, 45 seconds? I'm interested if they do implement something like that. Like, what's the penalty if they don't throw the pitch in time? Like, right. Doesn't it, like it already ball? exist? An automatic ball? Something they like just that. don't call it. It right. exists. They don't call it. All right, call it. Right. Give me a horn. I don't care. Give me a buzzer like a shot clock. You don't throw the pitch. It goes off. It's a ball. Yeah. Something, something like that. I, why can't they do that? Same thing with the batters. Why do you have, I mean, I'm, I know there's people that love the batter. Like, I don't need, as part of your ritual, the wristbands and the gloves. Zip, unzip, zip, unzip, retot, step in. The Nomar Garcia. The, the no, you know, I don't need Nomar's routine. I, the I don't double bat why. tab, grab your cup, look out in the stands, point, call your shot kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, shouldn't you get, like, no more than one step out of the box of an at-bat? If all okay, you need to do is look down. in your eye. Legit reason to step out. Just to adjust your batting gloves. I think a lot wow, of it has go. to. A lot of it has to do with you know just. I don't want to say strategy, but just like yeah. trying to get into the other you know the pitcher's head or the batter's head. You know what I mean? That's why pitchers will sometimes take longer to throw a pitch because they want to you know get in that guy's head in a certain way. So sure, but would are you cool with it? No, going no, on I'm not. I'm just explaining right. like this oh, is yeah. why some Agreed. of these things happen. I also want to know like just has anyone done the research? If anyone in the chat knows. The research of like what the like 2021 the average time it took to actually pitch the ball like just I mean and that's probably so hard to do like looking at every right. single pitch over the major leagues but if anyone's done that research like what the average length of time it was between you know the pitcher getting the ball back from the catcher and actually pitching the next pitch like what that was because it, it does feel like it does take forever yeah it's got to be somewhere between 30 seconds and eternity that's what it feels like sometimes <laughs> where the guys are out there you know shaking off a hundred signs back and forth like i think we we've done a good job of how many times the manager can come out that helps a little bit mm-hmm. i wish they'd um certainly the pitch clock if that's there like enforce it yeah the, none of these rules matter unless you enforce them unless, yep. the, unless the umpires are going to be like strictly watching the rules watching the clock and saying no you took too long one thing, and this, I, I want to say that it, I want to say that it is part of the topic. But one thing that Boog would always say on the broadcast, whenever the the umpires would go to like review a play, mm-hmm. once they reviewed the play, they never like fully told us 
would fully fully tell us like why they would call this call mm-hmm. make this call or even tell us what they were looking at to like begin the with. NFL does yeah NFL or NBA, even the NBA yeah, does it goes right up to the to the to the even desk the now. NHL after review they come to glass and say what's going on right and the umpires just don't do that they just give it a little and signal. so the fans not only there but us at home are like especially if there's a call and you're like confused by like this doesn't seem right. Well, maybe they weren't even looking at that, you know? And, right. And so it's well, like... the announcers don't know either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a lot of confusion and, like, I don't know. You talk about the bases being, like, the one to increase the base size or whatever it is. Like, that's one thing that's more important than that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So there's... I mean, if they want to talk about all these in-game things, like, I feel like that's one thing that they need to implement for sure. I just think these... Yeah. We got some Pat Hunt says the most recent numbers I could find were an average of 23.1 seconds between pitches in 2018. Right. It feels like it I, might I have gotten It's more than that now. I feel like it got longer than it, that. And yeah. there's different guys, you know. There's some guys that are way bigger offenders that are up there, you know, right. messing oh, yeah. with timing. And, and, you know, then you got the quick pitch guys, and it just no. really varies. I hate to hype up a, a, a south sider, but if every pitcher could work like Mark Burley pitched, baseball would be – the pace of play would be incredible. It would Wouldn't be you want to be a player behind him too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because then, then you don't the get infield? bored and back. Oh, you're always engaged. You're yeah. always engaged. You're always, you know, ready to go. Right. And and fans, including myself, are, are the first ones to jump on a player that's not paying attention in the field. You know, they're, they're lackadaisical out there. They're not paying attention. Well, no kidding. After four and a half hours, I'd float away like a butterfly, too, every once in a while. Like, that's <laughs> a, it's a long time to be standing out there doing nothing. Between pitches. Wasn't it Starlin Cashel I used to get, get yeah. crap for that? He's like, he's probably bored as hell out I there. I mean, Starlin, every once in a while, they would hand him one of those fishing nets because if, <laughs> if a monarch went by, he'd want to chase it down on the field and see if he could catch it and bring it over to the dugout. He was, he was a yeah. big offender at yeah. not paying yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> In the field, running to first, all those things, uh, he got uh, busted on quite a bit. Listen, I don't – you wrote an article on our website about – when do we think the games are going to – has your mind changed at all since you wrote that? No. I, I, think, I think as optimistic as I could be is May 1st. And, yeah. you know, that, and, and that sucks to say is, like, April's gone. Because, April, you know, April is baseball. I, I've right. always known April is baseball. Even though in the suburbs, you know, my high school used to get snowed in until, like, mid-April until we started playing games. But whatever. That's what high school again? Elk Grove High School. Go right. Brens. Um, Probably but, lost a prospect a lot. I'm just not uh, throwing that out there. Possibly. <laughs> Probably. Uh, anyway, Knights. but May 1st, I say, is like as optimistic as I can get at this point, just based on the, we talk about pace of play, the pace of negotiations and where they're at. Um, I know Cody said it was June 1st is what you're kind of thinking. Yeah, on Friday, I, you know, June 1st is the earliest in my mind, and the end of June is, you know, yeah. what I – like, June 1st is my optimistic look, and then what I really think is more like the end of June. Yeah. Yeah, Can you I, imagine if it's the end of June? I don't want to. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's – It's unbelievable. That, you would think that would be devastating. That's half baseball. the season. That's half the season. Especially Ooh. with the way the seasons have gone last – you know, to have a 60-game season, to have another season where fans are kind of somewhat allowed at the ballpark, not allowed – like, it, it's just been – you've had no opening day now. Mm-hmm. Three years in a row? Yep. No traditional opening day now going on three years. Uh, you can't, can't survive that forever. Um, there is good news. You know, Cody's our gambler. Points bet. He can't necessarily bet on baseball right now, <laughs> but he's got the points bet app, which I got uh, this weekend, by the way. Did you? Put my 50 bucks in there. I'm going to get myself a little T-shirt action. Grandpa Stucky, I didn't even know you had an iPhone. Yeah, no, I have one of those. What do <laughs> they call one. these? Uh, Smartphone. Smartphones. I got one of these <laughs> smartphones now, and it works. I, I actually, by the way, before you get to this, I am looking forward to I heard Apple might do the flip phone soon. Oh, those that, were the glory days. That'll you take could you hang back. up on somebody when you were ticked off, <laughs> snap it shut. <laughs> that'll take you back. That's enough I of will. Cody. Snap it the shut. Razors. The, no, razor. the Razor. I think mean, that was my first cell razor. phone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like a that was my brother's first cell phone. Yeah, you so kind of behind. the good news is with the smartphone and the points bet app, Cody can still gamble on sports with March Madness coming up. Yeah, Big time. Yeah, exactly. And you know, with points bet, it's the best way to support CHGO uh, is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. 
And if you make a $50 deposit, like I did, like Luke, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our f- web content. You'll even get a free shirt of hashtag your choice. Hashtag dope merch. Yeah, hashtag mm. dope merch. So you get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker room. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at ch no pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you. Remember the points bet. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have an exclusive feature, live NBA, same-game parlay. If you watch the bet show, definitely talked about a same-game parlay today. Go watch that. Um, anyway, you get a live, the exclusive feature of the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same-game parlays. And now, online signups are available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You said it is quick. I was stunned at how fast you could sign up for that and be active on wagering for games. I, I, it took me less than two minutes. Yeah. Super, I mean, yeah. super user-friendly. Crazy user-friendly. Like, yeah. it happens instantly, and you're in the game if you want to be. If you think of a bet in your head, you're like, well, oh, God, I don't have the app. It takes you nothing to get on that app and go ahead and place the bet. Plus, if you do that 50 bucks, you get the T-shirt. Now, CHGO, we're up to 10,000 followers three days. How about that? Yes, 10,000 followers. Thank you for all the support, support Thank you. Thank so you. thank you to everybody out there that's been, you know, great feedback so far. We've got 11,000. 11. Oh, you guys 11, are incredible. 000. You're all incredible. Probably because of this podcast. It was at 10 before we started. Now we're at 11. Something so like that. the rest of you guys, you're welcome. Uh, we got podcasts every day. We've got live shows every team every day. We have post-game shows, hopefully for baseball as well. When it comes up, we're going to have those post-game shows, written content from guys like Ryan, for members at allchgo.com. Here's the key. We got dope merch for all the teams. <laughs> dope merch. Dope. Dope merch. You can get some of that dope merch. We might have some specials on the dope merch. You get a free shirt when you become a member. And members only Discord. That's the CHGO Lounge. Ooh, I love how you said that, Luke. Love how you said Lounge. that. Lounge. I don't know what that all entails. Somebody's going to explain that to me. I know the Discord's like a separate little room, but you get like a smoker's robe or something when you go into this lounge. Or <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. We're, we're heading that way. We're working on it. To the See, moon. <laughs> when, we, when we expand the dope merch coming up, little velvet robe, CHGO. Ooh, I like that. I like it. Lounge. Run that by Brandon. See what he thinks. Yeah. Or Eric. Just an One idea. It's an mm-hmm. idea. Um, so we don't have baseball, so we're going to talk about something that is specific to this week. 35 years ago, this week, specifically yesterday, Andre Dawson, then a future Hall of Famer, goes to the Cubs and says, here's your check. I'll play for you. You write the amount. Unheard of, you know, it's one of those famous Cubs stories. He hands the check. The Cubs give him $650,000, and he goes and plays at Wrigley Field and wins the MVP, 49 homers, 137 RBI. Arguably the best free agent signing because of the price in Cubs history. Uh, Certainly one of the best free agent signings in Chicago Cubs history. And, you know, the story was he wanted to do it because his knees were giving out playing for the Expos on AstroTurf all the time. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to play at Wrigley Field where he could play day games on the grass a lot and save his career. It worked out for him. He ends up being a Hall of Famer combining the two cities. Uh, So we're wondering, who are you checking? Who are you checking off as terrible free agent signings who are you checking off as great free agent signings in Chicago Cubs history? I want to start positive on this. And I also want to point out we're not going to do any current players because 
they're not done playing for the Cubs. Still under contract. You never so know what's going to happen. So it might be a good deal or a bad deal right now, but if it's a good deal, it might tank at the end. And if it's a bad deal, it still might get better. So we'll leave the current players out of it. In Cubs history, who are the guys that you're checking off as great ones? There's an obvious one. John Lester. John Lester. John Lester has to be number one. Probably the most impactful signing in Cubs history. Yeah, if it's not Andre Dawson, it's John Lester, the best free agent signing Cubs history. Six Lester, years, $155 million, something like that? Sure, yep. Lester led to a much bigger win. Um, he cost more money yeah, than Andre Dawson, obviously. But he, he was consistent over his six years. Maybe the last year wasn't great. I mean, that was 2020, but um, I would say at least four of those six seasons, he was – he was totally worth the money that he was making those those seasons, uh, and it's obviously, especially in 2016, even 2015. I remember in 2015, a lot of people were like already questioning his contract, and uh, then the Cubs go to the NLCS. And I mean, he had a big part in it. Obviously, Jake Arrieta took a lot of the the shine, but he was like one thing about John Lester that I've all that I always loved was that even on the days that he didn't have his best stuff, he still managed to get you five or six yeah. innings. And, like, as we saw last year with the Cubs pitching staff, when they couldn't give you five or six innings, it was just bad because the bullpen eventually just died out because David Ross had to use him so much. So when, you, when I think about John Lester, that aspect alone kind of, like, makes me realize even more how much more of a valuable guy he was on the roster. I also think he legitimized what the Cubs were doing at the time. Like yep, yep. You, you had a bunch of young guys, you know, you had, you had these prospects that were heralded and were, were upcoming, but you didn't have the wins yet. 2014, they still lost like 90 something right. wins or uh, losses or something like that. It set a tone. Yeah. It said yeah. John Lester coming to, to the North side, signing that six year deal. I mean, he, he legitimized that, you know, the Cubs were, were, were here. Like, even though no one expected 2015, I don't think anyone expected an NLCS right. or anything like that. But he legitimized that. You know what? This team is going to compete. And then two years later, you know, they're hanging. They're, they're hanging. They're final not, out of the season. Not only that, he's a pitcher, which is a dangerous free agent signing because of all the injuries. Right. He was relatively healthy most of the time he was with the Cubs. There, there were a couple, you know, missed starts with a sore arm or whatever. But 30 starts. I'm pretty sure he was he was sturdy and he was productive and obviously he was the anchor of of the rotation and so we all agree Lester's probably the greatest Mm -hmm. Andre Dawson's 1b if there's 1a 1b who are some of the other ones I went back to my childhood I mentioned in our first podcast Dave Kingman he's a hot cold among an older fan base. They either loved him or hated him. <laughs> but he signed for five years, $1.4 million in 1978. Led the league in 1979 with 48 homers. I mean, I understand the money's different now and then, but five years for $1.4 million sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, you got a guy that was productive. He struck out a lot, but at least he hit home runs. Yeah. And when he did, I mean, he hit one to center field once when I was a kid. I don't. It didn't get all the way to the scoreboard, but I mean, like it's the furthest I've ever seen a ball hit in center field. Dave King. So, a, a shout out to the past. Who else you got on there? I like uh, Kyle's comment uh, on there. You Darvish, based on his performance and return from the trade. I can't argue. I don't. I don't disagree with that, Kyle. Yeah, I think you're right. I Darvish. I mean, he got a lot of heat in that first year because of injuries, and then like all the rumors about how, you know quote-unquote being soft all this stuff all this stuff but when he got help, when he came back healthy in 2019 no he struggled beginning but second half 2019 then all of 2020 he was great yeah it was fantastic. and it led to the great yeah. return the Cubs got in the yeah. trade yeah. the so, first year was tough yeah first the year first was year tough. was tough but when you look at what he did overall and like Kyle said the return all right you you got something out of him and the alternative was re-signing Arietta at that point and they chose Darvish over Arietta. Mm-hmm. Well, we, you finally got Arietta to come back, and you realize, you know what? As much as everyone loved Jake Arietta, that was the right decision at the point. For sure, yeah. was to take Darvish. Yeah. Um, Cody, you had one that you told me earlier. I think it rhymes with with Len Lobrist. <laughs> oh, Ben oh, yeah. Zobrist. Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist. He's top five. He's yeah, got to be top five. He was. Uh, he just did everything. He'd play all over the field. 
And then he was just great in the clutch, and he his approach at the plate was like it. It kind of goes back to how you know players who can hit the other way, like yeah. the ones who consistently do that. I feel like a lot of them are super underrated. They're not yeah. talked about enough because obviously baseball, but in the national media, they'll talk about you know the Bryce Harpers and the and the Mike Trout's mm-hmm. and and all that because they're hitting a lot of home runs. They're hitting over three hundred and all this stuff. Ben Zobris was your solid two seventy five, two eighty. Would could play both corner outfield, play second base. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him play short a few times. Yeah. And then, you know, could shoot the ball all across, all over the field. I mean, the game, well, what was the game-winning hit at the time uh, in the World Series, game seven, right down yeah. the third baseline? Yeah. Four was, for 56. Yeah, four for 56, and I think just what he did in 2016 probably paid for all of it. I think you could have given him all yeah. the money right there, and just, you did well, kid. You did, you did well. He gave you somebody in the postseason that had that experience from the year before Mm -hmm. and had been there. It wasn't just, you know, Lester that had been there and done that. This is a guy that could say the year before, we got this. We got this. Follow my lead. And you're right. He was was a different bat in the lineup, which Mm -hmm. is something they sorely have missed the last couple years. He was a different type of hitter than the other guys that were a lot more swing and miss. He gave you a professional – at bat, professional hitter. every time, yeah. professional hitter, no question. I ben got Zobrist. I got one that I wrote down. He was kind of, you know, he was kind of Ben Zobrist before Ben Zobrist came to the Cubs. All like right, he, uh, 2007, Mark DeRosa, mm. little blast, uh, blast from the past, but Mark DeRosa, three years, 13 million, and I mean, you know, those teams didn't win anything, which is sad because 07, 08, that you know, that was the hundred years, yeah. right there. But Mark DeRosa, I mean, he he really did what Ben Zobrist did. He was came in as a second baseman, moved all over the field, left field, right field. I think he played third base a couple times. But he was he was a guy you could count on, I think, for those two years, that 07, 08 at least, that you put him out there and he's gonna get he's gonna put the ball in play. Is he gonna get a hit? Hopefully, but he's gonna put the ball in play and give you a chance. And I, I was talking to Cody about this earlier, but the, one of my, you know, favorite memories from that little era right there. Uh, it was Cubs Rockies in like yes. May 08. I was there as a fan. Oh, there you go. They were <laughs> That's one of the games I went to as a fan that year. They wow. were down eight nothing after four, and then like nine yep. one after six, something like that. Rallied back, rallied back, rallied back. Mark DeRosa caps it off with a home run, go ahead in the seventh or eighth, and they ended up winning. And that was just like everyone was leaving. I think they I were. Mean, you could probably tell me. Like, no, they were. They were. It was maybe three quarters full. Yeah, three quarters. I think it was full. a Friday. I think it was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I was home for some reason. I remember watching the game on TV, and I was I should have had school, I think, but maybe not. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I was home watching this game, but I was. And it was just, like, one of the coolest things I'd watch. And it was, like, you know, it was 08, and it's, like, that was one of the things that made you really feel like this team could do it. Right. It was obviously didn't, but, you know, yeah. that was – Mark DeRosa was one of my favorite players from that era, I think. He gets uh, a lot of love as a Cubs player. I think uh, – Something about his personality spoke to Cubs fans, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They liked his energy. I can tell you as a media member then, it was he was the guy you went to after a loss. He's the guy you went to after a win mm-hmm. just because he gave you a thoughtful answer. Um, and I think fans like that honesty from players. Yeah. I believe he was and a finalist. He wasn't afraid to walk away from it. He was a finalist for the manager job a couple of years ago when they ended up going with Rossi. Was he? Okay. I don't finalist and the manager. And anybody that watched him knew he was going to be great at media TV work at MLB Network. Whatever like, he wanted to do. I remember when they were look, looking at trying to figure out, you know, what are you going to do with uh, a post-game show type thing? I was like, well, if you can get Mark DeRosa, but he got paid at Major League Baseball to go there, and that's because he's really, really good at it. And agreed, he was a fun player for a short period of time mm-hmm. in Cubs baseball. He was, he was one of the few guys who did actually hit in the 2008 playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. You could count on him to get a hit, mm-hmm. to at least put the ball in play. You know, you put the ball in Didn't play. Didn't he hit a home run in like that first or second game? And I try to put. I try to. I put try that to forget about that, that playoff <laughs> series. But I swear he again. He I swear he like put yeah. the Cubs on top, and then we got someone saying Ryan Dempster yeah. over there. Yeah, Ryan Dempster well. was a one year five hundred thousand when they got him. Yep, yep. And then he Obviously ended up pitching that, for like eight years. And like then that. you got Kyle Hendricks out of him after that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't complain. Dem boys that. likes to point out. Thank. you. You can thank me for Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, you I've got another one. How about um, Ted Lilly? Ted 2007. Lilly. Four for 40, signed from Jim Henry's hospital bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, I was at the baseball winter meetings, and Jim Henry had been missing for like 24 hours. And I went to the Cubs media relations at the time, and I was like, 
Has anybody seen Jim? Nothing. We're at a hotel, I think, in Orlando. And I heard someone on the other side of a curtain talking about Jim Henry in the hospital. I went back to him and I said, listen, I'm not going to report this. I just want to know, is Jim in the hospital? Not in the hospital. Everything's okay. Don't worry. I'm like, I'm getting on a flight in two hours. If Jim's in the hospital, I'm staying. You have my word. I won't report it until you want us to report it. But I want to know he's okay. Jim is fine. Fly out. I land. Jim Hendry, as, as I'm getting out of the airplane, Jim Hendry has signed Ted Lilly from his hospital bed. <laughs> Four years, 40 million. Mm. It's about as mad as I've ever been. Yeah. And he turned out to be a great pitcher. Oh, he was. He was one of those guys, like, he took no hitters into the seventh yeah. inning consistently. Like, he never got it, but he was right there. And I've never seen any pitcher in Cubs history, like, just get that close that many times without actually doing it. You love the southpaws. You really oh, yeah. do. Oh, yeah. I, I hate the fact that the memory that sticks in my mind most for him will always be him slamming his glove on the mound in the playoffs mm. after giving up a home run. Was that, was that Diamondback series, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, I mean, it, seven. It, it doesn't sum up his Cubs career. It doesn't sum him up as a pitcher. It's just the moment we're all going to forget because it was a big moment and how he passionate, passionately reacted to it. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of a bummer that, that if you ask me, Ted Lilly, that's the first thing. Well, those are the first two things I think of. One, that I was told to go home, and two, that he spiked his glove. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. All right, we got any, um, any worst free agents? Oh, yeah, well, we got a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, do want to mention Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds. It was sure. a good one. Yeah. It was good. One year. One like, year, 2008, yeah. yeah but I mean, Although yeah. I will still say, anybody that plays that shallow, of course you're going to make some catches over your head. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. he, was, he was playing short center most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, won't, I won't compliment him for the St. Louis time, but he had a good little run with the Cubs that year. Yeah. He, I'll take him and Reed Johnson, that little platoon they had in center field. I now, Reed it. Johnson made some catches. <laughs> he when he See, run. now, if you want to ask me who made Nationals. better catches, it's Reed Johnson. Oh, yeah. yeah. And not because he was playing in. He played some amazing outfield for that, the Cubs. That one in Milwaukee when he robbed Prince Fielder. Yeah. Now, oh, he was yeah, a free agent, a too, one. wasn't he, Reed? He might have been. I don't remember what the contract was, but I think he was a free Came agent. Came from the Blue Jays? I'm pretty sure he was a free agent. So, someone fact check us in the comments. All right. Loved having Mad Dog agree, Clark, Michael Stewart. Um, worst, here's the one that always comes up, and I'm going to defend him. Alfonso Soriano, 8 for 136 in 2007. The guy ripped the quad muscle off the bone when he got here. Of course he wasn't the same player. It's not his fault. You don't blame Gail Sayers for getting a knee injury. Right. He didn't purposely tear the quad up. Mm-hmm. He still went out and hit a ton of home runs for the Cubs. Yeah. So I, th- I think Soriano personally gets a bad rap. Also, I don't ever blame a guy for taking $136 yeah. million. Who wouldn't take $136 million if they were offered? Yeah, Brandon offers me $136 million to work here tomorrow. He did what? I said if Brandon oh, offers oh, me $136 million, <laughs> I'm taking it and not looking back. I, I've never seen somebody to this day like who got hot like Soriano did. And when, when that guy was hot, I mean, there was fans – Lining up on Waveland, like you yeah, knew right. that the ball was yeah. going onto the street. Oh, he, was, he, he was he was very one of the more streakier hitters. Yeah. He, he, he Hobby, carry he's very team. Hobby. Hobby yeah. did the only guy I could think of that is like that is Hobby. Yeah, low ball hitter too. Yeah, I mean when oh. Hobby went on a streak, you thought, okay, we're getting ten home runs this month. Oh, and yeah. that bat that that Fonzie used to swing was like thirty six like with the, what Enormous. that gigantic barrel. Enormous. Oh, it was awesome, <laughs> and he just the wrists the wrists were incredible. Yeah. Um, he. This, I found this fascinating about players and their bats. I was in Atlanta, I believe, and he got a new box of bats. And he pulls them out of the box in the clubhouse, and all he did was go like this. And he knew whether or not they were good enough for him. Just by holding it, like, does it have a slight crack? Is it even? Is it what I want? Like, he'd take, like, four of them and throw them on the floor. Mm-hmm. which is why anybody that thinks Sammy didn't know his bat was corked is crazy. They know down to the ounce when they pick up that bat what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And that bat was, honestly, it looked like one of those, you know the Fat Albert? Um, we called him the Fat Albert wiffle ball bat. It was the red wiffle ball bat that was like three times larger oh, yeah. than the skinny. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. His bat looked like that when he'd take it up there. Unreal. <laughs> like he was swinging like... You know, an oar from a, 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 a boat. 
I, I, anyways, right. I think you got. Do we have that picture of him recently? By the way, there he is. There he you is. swing oh that big of a bat, that's what you look yeah. like ten years His later. Arms are uh, the size gigantic. of my thighs, dude. If, if, <laughs> he could still hit. He could still yeah. hit one four hundred and fifty right now if he went out. Yeah, you should watch us on YouTube, and you'll be able to see this. If you're not watching us on YouTube, that's a mistake. You can do it later, but or you can Google it right now. It's from his Instagram page. He looks like a professional wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a professional bodybuilder, yeah, world's strongest tank. man. Yeah. yeah, I'd let him play for the Bears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Free agency in eight days away. <laughs> Soriano, linebacker, make it happen. Uh, who who else do we have is. Bad free agent signings. I think from history. I want to say universally, maybe not universally, but I think most people would agree that at least since the 2000s, that Milton Bradley was probably the worst free agent signing the Cubs have ever had. Three years, thirty million, Horrible. which doesn't Horrible. seem like that that much. Like on paper, three years, thirty million doesn't His seem most that memorable bad. Memorable moment was and, yeah. catching the ball in right field and then throwing it in the stands, and we didn't have three outs. Yeah, oh, and, man, and, I forgot and, about that. Until you man. like remember what Milton Bradley did in those what two years that he was here. Yeah, it was. Well, he didn't have a great rep coming here either. Right. No. And the thing, you know, I mentioned Ted Lilly. That was a great Jim Hendry signing. I would say this was one of his worst free agent signings, Milton Bradley. Easily. I think the argument most people say is, I don't know who we were competing with for the three years, $30 million. It was like the Cubs were upbidding themselves. I don't know what you could have got him for, but nobody wanted Milton Bradley. No. Yeah. No. He was, it was a bad signing. And, and everything he did on the field just kind it of unraveled. justified how bad of a signing it was. It unraveled. It didn't help, too, that he just wasn't a good dude either. No. How about Theo's first free agent signing? Oh. Edwin Jackson? Edwin Jackson. First free agent signing, right? I, I'm pretty sure. Four years. Fact check me on that, million. Joey. Four years, $52 million for Edwin Jackson. I think that was Theo Epstein's first free agent. I want to say it was. At least maybe first big free agent it was signing. was the first big one for sure. Now, I know, Cody, you have the flip side to that. You played devil's advocate on this, that it was actually a good signing. Yeah, Cody spin zone this one. <laughs> spin zone. Because he helped the Cubs lose games. <laughs> so we got better draft picks, and we were able to, you know, draft Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber and those types of guys. Yeah, as big as a problem tanking is, I think, at this point, and we can all agree on that, it's like he did help the Cubs tank, which was the big goal at that point in time. Was, yeah. was he was tanking. the logo for tanking. <laughs> right. Sign him, lose right. a lot. And then he'd throw the odd no-hitter, I guess. Not <laughs> and then Cubs, a random no-hitter. I, I um, mean, well, he was signed to be like an innings eater. And yeah. there were days, I guess, he did do that, but he'd give up five runs in yeah. the process, you know? Yeah. He would throw, like, 120 pitches, but and then yeah. that's, I guess you're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> See you next year. Yeah. Uh, Todd Hundley, four years, $23.5 million in 2001. His dad was a great Cub. Yep. Todd Hundley was not a good Cub. <laughs> um, there's, there's other ones out there that didn't go well, but those are some that really – uh, jump to mind, all based on the Hawk having this 35 years ago, maybe the most unique free agent signing in baseball history. Who hands a blank check to a team? And then backs it up. And, and then backs it up with an MVP when they don't even give you a million dollars. That's called betting on yourself. That is called betting on yourself and, and winning that bet. Yeah. he killed it. Right. He killed it. That's why you're doing $5 an hour right now, right? Oh, yeah. Betting on yourself betting on for, myself the next- <laughs> and for, for my next contract? Yeah. Now we're getting <laughs> I wrote down uh, Tyler Chatwood as well. Daniel Descalso. Tyler Chatwood. Kosuke Fukudome. Although he was an all-star. He was. One, he, one, one all-star. But four years for $48 million, it's, I, It's I, another fan game I did. I did. That was, was, that, the, that was opening day, wasn't it? The, the opening the series. Run. The home it run. It was the home the opener. Yeah. The opening yeah. day, yeah. It was home. I think yeah. it, was, it was opening day. It's like the most memorable moment of, uh, of him as a Cub. And it was his first moment yeah. <laughs> as a Cub. And the Cubs lost that game. You do still oh, get, the, lose. You do get the odd Fukudome jersey in the stands still. Like every single oh, game. You look out in the stands. He was a fan play. favorite, no doubt. Yeah. He just, I mean, again, he, he was super, super hyped up, and it just didn't work out. He was, underproduced. Speaking of jerseys, who do you see out there when you're going around the park and you're like, Fukudome is definitely one. Oh, 100%. Oh, for sure. DeRose is another one you'll still see a lot of, but anybody really random that you've seen out there? I saw a Mike Fontenot jersey once. Fontenot. That was, that was incredible. Gorzolani. I've still seen some Gorzolani's, and I wonder if they're just some local friends and family of Tom Gorzolani that – I always love seeing the Sammy Sosa ones, even though, like, he was a big name. But yeah, right. Be- because of, you know, how the Cubs won't yeah. welcome him back. 
all that stuff. But you still, every once in a while, you go to the game and you'll see the most random mm-hmm. jersey, and you're like, "What?" Like, <laughs> where do you even like, get a, Where like do you even one. get a Felix PA jersey? Like, oh, if you have a Felix oh, PA me, jersey, it's got to be special. If made, you get a right? Felix <laughs> PA jersey, send it my way. I liked Felix PA. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Felix He'd PA. be on the list of like worst prospects, oh. like or like top prospects or whatever that that did not pan out. I wonder, like, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be near the top of the list. Yeah, because he was like supposed to be five tool. Right. Felix PA, him and uh, Brett Jackson. Yeah, and Brett Jackson didn't. That didn't yeah. work out either. Yeah, I don't know. I I just like I feel like if I had to put money on it, I would say you'd see more. Fukudome jerseys than like anyone on the 2022 roster. I wonder season. if you can wager on that on points bet. <laughs> I don't know, but we do have an ad for you. If you enjoy CHGO, <laughs> one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, hashtag dope merch. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Man, you should do voiceover work. That was special. Thank you. Yeah, that was very well done. Uh, we, you mentioned the dope merch. Dope merch. The logo for our podcast is one of the shirts. It is, it is. Joey, can you, can you bring that up real quick? I'm See hoping it. to get that swag pretty soon. Working not, on it. Don't wait for me. We're working no, on it. We won't right, wait for we'll, you. We'll get that. Internet's slow today. Yeah. Joey's we have dial slow. up. Joey's slow. <laughs> but don't blame it on the internet. Blame it on Joey. <laughs> I think they're bringing up the Sox one. That's not the one we want. Anyway. Come on. Uh, I also had Latroy Hawkins. Here. I had Latroy Hawkins <laughs> from the worst free agent signings also. Oh, yeah. Latroy Hawkins was a bad one. It was a bad one. Um, look at those shirts. I mean. Ooh. Gorgeous. Look at that. Brawler Cubby. Support us. That's sharp. That's such a that, that's sharp. Shirt. If I had to say that is dope merch right dope there. Merch. I mean, considering it could be it could be a free shirt, maybe. You could never know. Someday, you know? You never know. We'll be but, wearing those as soon as they, they arrive. Yeah. I'll be wearing it. I know people have been ordering a like lot of them already. Like when we launched You got one. Nice. Instantly people were buying oh. the shirts. We got the hashtag going. Mike Dub says hashtag dope merch. It's oh yeah. It's here for life. Mike, did you get the shirt already? I hope. I, I know you ordered it, but did it actually arrive is my question. Like, especially with shipping these days, you know? <laughs> I, that would be awesome if you got yeah, it already. Right. He yeah. has it. Send us a picture. If it's podcast us. number two and you've already got the shirt, you're our top fan. At this I don't point. even have a shirt yet. If you have the shirt, though, you should, like, tag, uh, tag us on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, we want to see your yeah. – yeah. Take, a, take a selfie. Yeah. And give us a little hashtag dope merch. Yeah, we'll read you at on the, CHGO on the, Cubs. On the timeline. Yeah, at and all CHGO that. Cubs, hashtag dope merch. Maybe throw us a, a, an at, at Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. And then whatever my two colleagues. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he said he hasn't got it yet. Oh, he hasn't got it. Waiting for it. All He's right, waiting cool. for it. Okay. Right. But he must have got it. Like, Waiting's the hardest part. Ago. Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about the past. You know, we're, we've been talking about the. Free agent signings. Why? Because we have nothing to look forward to until they play baseball. That's, we're going backwards a little bit before we can go forwards. Ryan came up with this, and I think it's great. When's the first time you realized what it meant to be a Cubs fan? Everybody has that moment. I mentioned in our first podcast that my first game, I was pooped on and stung by a bee. <laughs> that, that is not the moment That's I realized cool. what it meant to be a Cubs fan. But it's one I won't forget. I'll do mine last. What, for you, when did you realize what it meant to be a Cubs fan? So, so I kind of lied on Friday when I said that like, my earliest memory was that Henry Blanco walk-off. Um, I guess it wasn't my earliest. It's just like the one I remember vividly. Uh-huh. My earliest memory was um, Game 7, 2003, NLCS. Game 7, 2003. Uh, and then, and I say this is like 
I, this I didn't pick not it on good. Friday because yeah, <laughs> because it's like half my memory, half like things that have been, my dad has told me since in right. the last nineteen years since half nightmare. Yeah. Um. So we're in you know my bedroom. We had a bunch of carpet, but then we got a dog and he used to pee all over the carpet and like that. So my dad was redoing the floors. He's you know <laughs> t- took all the carpet off, was putting new wood in there, whatever. Uh huh. And so in one little corner, he left some wood that could hold like a TV stand. And while he's working, he's watching the game, and I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, with him, like maybe handing him a piece of wood or something yeah. every once in a while, but watching the game with him. And I was just turned seven. I hadn't even started playing baseball yet. I didn't really understand the game itself. Um, and so, you know, whatever happens in game seven, it happens. Game's over. And, um, and I guess this is from what my dad told me. Game ends. He, you know, he's pissed, he's upset, whatever, you know, and I get it because now that I know what it means to be a Cubs fan, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't understand what happened. I, I look up at him. Tim, by the way, has the same game for his memory. There you go. And I guess, I guess he says, I look up at him and I say, what do we do now, Dad? And he looks <laughs> down at me and he says, we wait till next year. And that's oh, you know, the no. motto that of being wrong. a Cubs fan was wait, <laughs> is always next year. We wait till next year. That, that was the motto. And that's you know, kind of when it got ingrained in me. We're going to wait till next year forever. And you know, thankfully, 13 years later, we didn't have to wait till next year. Next year was that year, but that's like, that's when I realized that yeah, the Cubs are gonna break your heart for the rest of your life. That was a devastating, oh, yeah. devastating yeah. game. That not only, I mean, people always will talk about Game Six, but Game Seven was just as bad without all of the, you know, the weird shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for me, as a kid, I grew up. Uh, downstate, so it was a lot of Cardinal Red and Cub, Cubby Blue, obviously. So I spent a lot of time just arguing over who was better. Was it Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa mm. when I was a kid? And Cardinal fans, you know, they've been very spoiled their entire lives. Yes. And, uh, you know, they always throw the 11 rings at me to this day. Um, so I feel like they have a part in just like putting me they they have had a part my entire life of putting me down because the cubs you know even though i did get the one in 16 but as a kid i just always felt like i was the underdog i was the one who was always gonna have to you know be hurt every you know every year and just have no hope and all this stuff even though i convinced myself to have hope every year you know what i mean but yeah and i i mine's a little bit different since uh I don't. I didn't go to. I didn't go to Wrigley until I was twenty years old. Oh wow! Okay. So, yeah. Oh, um, Cardinals fans, man. I tell you, they're, they're brutal. I went to school in Mizzou, like I said last time, but it's like <laughs> everyone there is a Cardinals fan. It's Cardinals country, and I, every, I couldn't. I couldn't go watch that twenty sixteen run. Could not go watch that at a, at a bar at anywhere where there were Cardinals fans. I like had to sit in, in, in my you know my roommates who were yeah. all Cubs fans, and we watched it together. We were as our safe space. Because if, if the Cubs would have lost, if space. the Cubs would have oh. lost, and there were Cardinals fans in that room, oh my! I would I would have thrown hands if there were Cardinals fans. You would have dropped out of school, but either one, most likely, probably both. Um, <laughs> I've got a couple of them. For me, the first one, you know, you said when you first realized what it meant to be a Cubs fan, there were two times in '84. One was the Sandberg game when they beat the Cardinals and Bruce Souter. And Ryan Sandberg burst onto the spotlight, MVP season. And you went to school the next day, and it's all anybody would talk about. It was like, this team's going to... It was the first time in my life, that game, where I was like, oh, they're supposed to win games, and we can actually be good. (laughs) It really was. Like, the first time in my whole life where you were like, we're not in last place. (laughs) This team's fun. Like... Yeah. It's not just watching it bats and hoping for a home run. Right. So the Sandberg game is one. Yeah. <laughs> then, flip side of that would be the end of the season. They lose to the Padres. They outscore them like seventeen to two. I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm old. The memories are a little faded, but I think it's seventeen to two. And in middle school, those first two games were at Wrigley. They were early. They were during the school day mm-hmm. and. No, the teacher didn't wheel in the TV. It wasn't invented then. <laughs> no Bill Nye. The transistor radio came in, and the teacher let us listen to the radio Cubs call of the postseason games. And that's when you knew it was a big deal, when your teacher was like, we're just going to sit here and listen to the game, and if you guys uh, have any problems with that, let me know. Nobody say anything. We listen to the game. Mm-hmm. 
But when they went and lost three straight in San Diego, my dad's not a real loud. He's a real quiet guy. <laughs> he was silent. I just have this memory of my dad being silent for like two days. Like, was so bummed out that it was just, and he's not like, he's not an emotional sports fan. He likes sports, but he's not like a crazed emotional fan. Everybody was hurt by that because it was the first time that you were like, this team should do it. And they were up two games to none. They had it in their hands. And Steve Garvey just sucked the life out of you. You know, that was one. The flip side to that for me is, I think you say what it was like, what it meant to be a Cubs fan. That's the negative side of it. And that's how we thought until 2016. Oh, yeah. 2016 hits, you win the World Series, and you see people sobbing on the field. (laughs) You see people going out to the cemetery to put stuff on graves before the game, after the grave. You see people watching the game at a tombstone with a radio because they want to watch it with their father who passed away or their grandfather who passed away. That's the first time it was reinforced to me what it means to be a Cubs fan. So early on in my childhood, it was the negative side of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, 2016, I hope that that, I hope that storyline's been changed for the next generation of Cubs fans, that they don't feel 2003, they don't feel 84, they think back 16, what it was like. They think of the parade, they think of the rebuild that's coming, they think of all the positive things instead of, you know, 108 years of losing, it's kind of a down way to live your life. Yeah. If that's the way you're going to look at the team, like that's the way this team was looked at for a century. Let's hope that the next century, 16 was the springboard, and let's just hope it's a little dip here before it goes back up and that they can make great memories for that first memory for people as opposed to the first memory is you were stung by a bee, you were pooped on, and they choked in 84. Right? Yeah. Was 16 not that for you? No, 16 was like, it was where all the demons, like, were released. It's like when you yeah. when you have a you're drinking all weekend, then you go to the sauna on Sunday afternoon, and it just feel like a new man after that. <laughs> yeah. And that's how 2016 felt. Like, and and like sometimes I'm like thankful that they didn't win in 03 because I wouldn't remember. It. I don't know if I would have appreciated the win back then. Yeah. Right. By 2016, I'm like you're wrong, but okay. But that's you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm 20 by then. You know, I yeah. knew what what it Rub was. It I knew what it was in 2016 to win, <laughs> and. You know, so. I mean, I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade, and I do remember being very upset after they lost in 03. So, I don't know. I guess maybe because, yeah, like, in 16, I'm early 20s, you know. I don't know. I, that's that's an interesting yeah. way to think about it. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think that, you know, moving forward, at least, like, people are looking forward to, like, the rebuild and stuff and aren't, like – looking back at all these times that we could have, could have, would have, should have. Yeah. As much as, like, like if they didn't win, you know what I mean, then it would have been like, – then we'd, it'd be even worse, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say since the, since 16, the worst thing that I guess that we've had to experience was game 163 against the Brewers in 2018 as far yeah. as, like, an actual game. Yeah, that, the Marlins thing hurt. was not – it was I, I, that wasn't even a season. It was yeah. great because we had something to watch. Right. But do I consider that a baseball season? No. no it no. didn't bother me. Like that, I was, the the Brewers and the Cubs in eighteen, like chasing the division all season. Yeah. You know, Yelich Baez MVP chase just didn't go the Cubs way yeah. in the end. Nuts. Uh, who is this? Uh, says I bawled like a baby when they won and never thought I would see it. They did it in such an exciting fashion. That's true. It's not just the 108 years and winning the World Series, but to come back down 3-1, right. have the moment with Rajay Davis, the oh, rain. The rain. What were you guys Symbolic of tears. Home run hit. When, when, when Rajay Davis hit a home run, I, I almost left the room. I just turned it off and said, like, I'm done. I, was, I, thought, I thought it was over. But. I was in shock. Like, I just sat there with my, like, my mouth dropped open and just, like, I – I had no words. I was like, this can't happen. Like, 
the internet exists now. I am going to get like murdered online <laughs> if the Cubs hey, lose this game. <laughs> once again, that's why Ben Zobrist, one of the greatest free agent signings in Chicago Cubs history. Yeah. As we talked about in the who you check in, Ben Zobrist without him after that rain, uh-huh. where you at? You never know. Exactly. You never know. Uh, we've had fun. This is podcast number two for the CHGO Cubs podcast, proudly presented by Points Bet. Make sure you use that CHGO code. Get your free swag, your membership. With dope merch. Dope merch. Dope merch. For life. It really is dope. And make sure you're watching us on YouTube. That's where you're going to get the best feed yeah. of this. You're going to be able to yeah. see it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe, help us out. We it's would fun. like a five-star rating. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, five stars would be cool. If you want a four because you thought today sucked, that's okay. But a five <laughs> but would not. be nice. But you're would wrong. Nice. Five would be nice. Give us another nice. chance tomorrow. Give us another. Right. What, what's Ernie say? Let's play two. Let's do it. We will see you uh, tomorrow. Thanks for listening, watching. Uh, it's been a blast. We're going to do it every day. These podcasts keep cranking out every day for you, and hopefully, God willing. Give us baseball. Please. <laughs> Please. Baseball. The lockout out. Eliminate the snow. Bring back the baseball. That's our goal.